Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on their journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and my confession for the day is that I've gone a little crazy using my German vacation days. <laughs> so this is the first year where I've had income plus a German vacation policy, which means I have 30 days off plus paid public holidays, plus overtime. So it's just a whole lot of time. And because I also have some money to play around with now, I've been entirely too tempted to use those days to go do a little traveling. So I went on vacation over the summer, and then I went on another vacation in September. And then like a week and a half later, I took a vacation from my vacation. (laughs) And it was kind of great. I mean, it was actually really great. I feel wonderful right now, but I also feel very behind in so many ways. And one of those ways is that my inbox has been piling up. Um, I do like to point people to my inbox because I will respond to my emails at some point. I don't let things leave my inbox until I've replied to them. So if you want a response from me, that's the best place to reach me. The only thing is, Gosh, yeah, I haven't had time to actually respond, so I owe so many of you guys responses. I just want to publicly apologize for that. I really am going to get to it this week or this weekend, but as a lot of you guys know, I'm doing this in my free time, not getting paid for it. So sometimes, unfortunately, things like replying to my inbox do have to take a lower priority, but I'm going to get to it. You'll hear from me soon. And anyone who was meaning to email me, please don't let that discourage you. (laughs) Please do reach out. If you have any feedback to share about the show, if you want to become a guest, if you want to work with me, whatever it might be, the email address is theexpatcast at gmail.com and just expect some wait times. I mean, if you're an expat, you're familiar with wait times because you've gone through the Auslander before to (laughs) Okay, anyway. This week's guest is actually a fellow podcaster. She hosts a podcast where she explores what it means to be in your 20s and really takes a look at all of the different decisions that people in their 20s have to make, be it with careers, with relationships, with life, um, with hobbies, with location. All of these things come into play on my guest's podcast, which is called Quarter Life Living. As a 20-something myself, I was definitely drawn to her show, and when I found out that the host is half Irish, half Austrian, and has been an expat herself, I knew we had to talk, so I was really excited to finally do this episode. I think you guys are going to love her. I'm going to hand it on over to Olivia. Hi, my name is Olivia. I'm from originally Austria. I was born in in Vienna, in Austria, which is where I'm living right now. But I'm also half Irish. Um, So my mom's Irish and I lived there for quite some time. How long have you been in Vienna this time around? A year and a half, maybe a bit more. Do you want to start off with giving us a whole overview of the various places you've lived? So obviously you said you're from Vienna. You ended up back in Vienna for right now. What happened in between? 
I have basically lived in quite a few countries. So I was born in Vienna. I grew up just outside Vienna and I lived there for 10 years. So at the age of 10, I moved to Ireland um, with my mom and my brother. My parents split up. So we moved to Ireland and I went to school there and lived there for eight years until I was 18. So I, I'm not just half Irish, like on paper. I actually kind of spent half my childhood in Austria and half of it in Ireland. Then I came back to Vienna to study. And at the time, I also had a boyfriend here. Studied here for about four years in total. And in between, I did an exchange semester in Australia. So I moved to Adelaide, Australia for six months. Then I came back to Vienna and um, after working and finishing off my studies for about a year and a half or something like that, I actually moved to Stockholm, Sweden. So I was in Stockholm, Sweden, working and living there as an expat. And um, after a year and a half living in Stockholm, Sweden, I moved back to Vienna. You've been to quite a few places then. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's a complicated one. Yeah. Okay. So I'm really interested. Since you did grow up in two places, was it the case that you were kind of traveling back and forth in your school vacations and things like that too? Like when you were living in Ireland, you still went back to Austria? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my dad was always still in Austria. So I was always over and back between the two places, which was I think in the beginning, I really didn't like it that much. And at some stage, I actually kind of, I found some friends here. As I said, I had a boyfriend. And that's when I really actually started to like going over and back again. At some stage, I even started, me and my brother started traveling on our own. And we had like stewardesses like um, looking after us. And that was kind of an adventurous uh, childhood yeah, totally. That was always a dream of mine as a kid, um, especially, I yeah, I'm born in 1992. And so growing up as a little kid before 9-11 happened in America, you would see things on TV about kids traveling alone. And the, yeah, like you said, the stewardesses would help them and the kids could go into the cockpit. And I always thought that was so cool. And I actually had a trip planned where I thought maybe that was going to happen. But it well, first off, 9-11 happened and America changed its mind all about a lot of things in airports and airplanes. Um, and then also the trip ended up t- happening by car instead of plane. So I never got that, but it was always a dream of mine to have that experience of getting cared for on the plane like that. <laughs> I have to say I absolutely loved it. I remember all the air hostesses like being super nice. And as you said, we got to go to the pilot and like the absolute highlight was getting like an ice cream or something like to to draw or keep us occupied. And yeah, no, I, I thought it was really fun. And I'm not sure. I don't think they do it anymore or something like that. Since you did grow up with a lot of movement in your life, what made you want to go to Australia and then later Sweden? Because I know for some people that experience can make them really want to stay in one place and never leave. And then for other people, it ignites this hunger to go 12 different places. And so I'm curious where you fall on the spectrum. I think I was always curious, especially growing up like that. It made me more curious curious to see the world and I didn't really see it as the negative thing actually um my parents split up and it was honestly the best thing that could have happened to our family because they fought a lot 
yeah, it was difficult being over and back, but I never, that's the way I grew up. I just thought it was kind of, it was my normal. So, and then why did I want to go to Australia? Basically, I had actually met some exchange students at the university I was studying in here in Vienna. And um, I just saw this kind of opportunity. We had this opportunity. Everybody could go abroad for half a year. And I thought, what an amazing opportunity to be able to travel, study, get to know new cultures, uh, go abroad, go on an adventure. And um, I met an exchange student who was from Australia. And um, getting into Australian university was actually quite challenging and like, competitive but he encouraged me to go for it and before that I had kind of a tough time studying I didn't know how to fit in quite I didn't fit in very well at my university so it was kind of I would say a light at the end of the tunnel or towards the end of the tunnel of studying where I was like oh finally like this is something fun I can do is it also a thing for Austrians to go to Australia and pick fruit? Because it's a thing for Germans that like, you know, you know, the program that I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Austrians, I don't think they have the same agreement as Germany. I think the German passport is actually a bit better. So I'm half Irish. I actually know a lot more Irish people who have gone to, to <laughs> Australia. Yeah. So there's a huge community of uh, Irish people in Australia. One of my best friends from back home in Ireland. She's in Sydney right now and she's absolutely having the time of her life over there. Austrians, yeah, some of them, but it's not as common, I think, as in Germany. And so talk us through Stockholm. Yeah, that was quite crazy because I had actually never been to Stockholm before moving there. So, yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a whirlwind decision, I would say. So I was at the time I was working at a startup here in Vienna. And while I was working there, I was still finishing up my studies and writing my bachelor thesis. I was actually studying business and <laughs> I decided to to write my bachelor's thesis about natural contraception, which is really weird when you're <laughs> studying business. And it came it came from a personal interest because I had stopped taking the pill and realized how little options like women have and stuff. And basically our marketing institute said, you can write whatever you want, just pick a company. So I had been eyeing this startup who was innovating in the contraceptive market and they developed an app for natural contraception. So basically I decided to have a look at the, that market and write my thesis about it. And in the end, they had a position that came up and it really suited me and my skills. So I kind of was talking to my boyfriend and we had only gotten together like six months beforehand and I was like oh my god I don't know should I apply like we just got together and the company's in Stockholm I've never been to Stockholm <laughs> like but obviously it was it was actually at the time my absolute dream job and then basically I made the decision and within a month I packed up everything and left Vienna and <laughs> moved basically only for a job that wow. was the only only reason when people move abroad for one certain issue i think it puts so much pressure on that topic to be everything did that play a role at all in your 
changing feelings about career? Yeah, absolutely. And it was the one thing that kind of made or broke the whole situation because I basically just moved up there for my job. I mean, Stockholm is a beautiful city as well. And I did want to go up there for the adventure as well. And obviously to to see more of the world and the more I researched into it, the more I saw that actually the society up there, their values and stuff is definitely something I super identify with. But my main thought at that moment when I moved was about my job and um, it did put a heck of a lot of pressure on it. And once in the beginning, I absolutely loved my job. I was so happy. Um, but when things kind of started to turn about a half year later, yeah, things weren't as rosy as I thought they would be <laughs> anymore. And also I had a long distance relationship. Um, my boyfriend stayed in Vienna. So it was a lot of things combined in the end. And I ended up moving back a year and a half later. But um, yeah, once things didn't work out job wise as I thought they would I was kind of asking myself like why am I here if you had to make a prediction right now I mean I know no one ever knows how their life is going to turn out but do you think that you'll try to move abroad again or even try to move out of Austria again or do you feel very home and settled in Vienna actually right now I feel very settled and very grounded and it was something that I was actually kind of looking for and I'm very happy with right now. But on the other hand, I I have this kind of adventurer in me as well, who's uh, who's already popping up a little bit and being like, oh, you still want to travel and see the world a bit more. I'm not sure about moving to another country, but my my boyfriend's actually German. He's from Augsburg. So um, we have that kind of a little bit on our cards, like, oh, where will we end up? Or even because he actually hasn't done as much traveling and living abroad as I have. So for him, it's actually coming up a bit now, like, oh, maybe I want to go abroad again and stuff. So I actually have no clue where things will take me. But I have to say I'm very happy in Vienna because obviously I have family here. I have some friends here and it's a very... It's the world's most livable city, according to several rankings. Oh, Um, that's not a bad thing to be known for. Yeah, because Vienna has um, like not too high of rent, like and especially if you compare like what you earn and how much rent you get. uh, Social benefits are quite good in Austria as well. And it's very accessible. I mean, Freiburg isn't too far away either. Like you can go to different countries quite easily. So that's what I like about living in Central Europe as well. But you never know. There's things about Austria I don't like as well. I want to bring up your podcast right now because you you host a really wonderful podcast about what it's like to be in your 20s. And I feel like the things that you're talking about right now are just so exemplary of that. And I feel like I have a lot of the same questions in me where, especially once you get to your mid-20s and later 20s, you have had a lot of experiences. You have perspective you know more so when you were like 18 and thought you were a real adult it's like okay now 10 years later I do have a little bit of real perspective and I am a little bit of a real adult and then comes the more day-to-day questions where it's like okay so am I supposed to be spending my 20s traveling the world and following these these whims and these dreams or 
am I having to sort of face the reality of like, you know, the money is not always there, or maybe I do kind of want to focus on my career, or maybe I'm actually happy where I am and and I don't want to put a family dynamic into question or a relationship into question just to follow this dream. And I think it's really confusing and complicated, but so common in our age bracket. Yeah, I totally agree. And I totally know what you mean. Yeah. So um, for those listening, I host the podcast Quarter Life Living, and it's where I ask myself and my guests difficult questions that we tend to ask ourselves throughout our 20s. And there's a lot of this, like, yeah, conflicting stuff. And I think to kind of what you said or question you ask, I don't think there's a perfect answer. Right now, I'm also doing quite a bit of work of like questioning all this because I mean I think a lot of that comes from us thinking we need to have achieved this 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 and this by the age of 30 like usually it's I don't know having an apartment or a nice home a partner maybe getting married whatever yeah and I am also questioning that like in my podcast because I think it's important to make that decision based on whether you actually want it, not on what society says you should want by that age. Yeah, but it's it's not easy and I have done a bit of both. And obviously, yeah, I'm in a situation right now. I start I just started my business a half a year ago officially. Um, I have a content marketing and copywriting business and I'm kind of starting to settle and my boyfriend is talking about going abroad and I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I just just kind of settled, like, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah, I I don't really have the answer, but I do have one answer is the fact that your 20s is a time where you usually don't have a lot of commitment or not as much commitment. I know. Okay. So for me, one of the hardest topics to talk about with regard to expat life is family and family dynamics. I struggle with that a lot internally. And I'm wondering how that is for you having grown up with a family split between two different countries and then now being an adult trying to make your own decisions. um, How has that been and how is it now for you? Yeah, that's something I actually wanted to talk to you about here. When I was thinking about this podcast episode and I was like, oh, actually, like, you know, my relationship with each of my parents has changed so much throughout the years. Yeah. So when I first moved with my mom and my brother, I actually had quite a bad relationship with my dad because a lot has happened. And so my relationship with him was actually quite bad. Yeah. In the beginning. But then we still always went over and back. Uh, which obviously kept the relationship going. And once I actually started spending more time in Austria, when I started having friends, I got back in touch with a friend who I went to primary school with. I met my boyfriend like the first night I went out in Vienna with with my friends, which obviously had me coming back to Austria more and more. And that kind of built up our relationship um, more and more, I would say. But I think it was also quite good because we kept the distance you know and whereas with my mom like around the end of like when I was 18 we were fighting a lot like a lot a lot a lot and that was something as well that probably maybe a little bit 
I don't want to say influenced my decision, but it was something I really wanted to get out of the house and kind of make my own way and just not be so affected by that. And um, our relationship has changed hugely throughout the years. It's better now. The fact that I don't live so close, I think, actually. <laughs> I love my mom to bits. Like, I love her to bits. And she's my number one fan. Like, she's the cutest. She listens to every single one of my podcasts. Like, <laughs> and she, yeah, she's she's amazing. And, and I'm, she's actually going through a bit of a midlife crisis at the moment. So we're kind of like, I'm like going through my <laughs> quarter life crisis. And she's going through her midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> And she's coming to me for advice. So our dynamic completely changed, especially in the past two or three years. We're kind of way more on one level. With my dad, it's more and more changing now as well. But I think that distance, like moving to Sweden, really, really helped with me establishing my own life, my own way, and him kind of coming to terms with like, okay, she's an adult now, she can she can deal with stuff on her own. And before that, I didn't have the feeling he accepted that. Like, we even had, like, a Christmas, and my dad, he loves giving speeches. It's quite hilarious. But he, <laughs> it was like, you know, everybody gather, gathered around the tree and everybody kind of said what they're grateful for this year and a couple of thoughts and stuff and he was like yeah I'm just really grateful for our kids um yeah and I finally realized that you know the kids have grown up and I was like 25 at this (laughs) (laughs) you're like sitting there like yes dad (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) so with my parents I think actually the distance helped our relationship and it helped for me to get to know who I want to be with that and to lose their expectations and more so do what I want. Um, So I think that distance actually helped a lot and actually dropping parents' expectations is something I talked with my guest about in my last episode. And when it comes to my other family, like further extended family, it's a bit messy because my mom has brothers in states as well one brother in spain so i have family literally everywhere my boyfriend's family is in germany and that makes it exciting but also obviously a bit difficult to keep the relationships up if you don't see people regularly it is hard to keep relationships that's just the way it is and my family missing my family was one of the reasons i moved back to vienna actually Yeah, I think when everyone has different locations, it's this added hurdle of I I can't even just go on a weekend to a certain place and catch up with everyone. I have to, I could spend, you know, it sounds like you could spend months going every weekend just in a different country to try to catch up with people. And that's just not feasible. It's not sustainable. Um, So I can see you wanting to take your location out of the equation and and simplify at least that part. Yeah, exactly. So that was something that really kind of tore me apart in while I was living in Sweden because I had a job. I only had so much leave. I had my boyfriend in Vienna and also my family. And I would only usually come home on a weekend. And it's just hard to see 
friends, family, and your boyfriend, quality time with everyone. Then I also had to try and get over to Ireland. Then we had some family issues, like my grandmother passed away, and that just it just all got a bit too much. So yeah, taking that out of the equation made life easier. But also now I started my copywriting business basically to be location independent as well. <laughs> so, yeah. And and probably my family dynamic like definitely contributed to me wanting to to do that. So I can go to Ireland and work there if I want to, you know. Yeah. I want to share one part of my experience of of how my relationship with my parents shifted when I moved abroad. And then I want you to react and tell me if this was similar or not at all. Um, so for me, I'd lived away from my parents since I was 18. But I think I always had this issue where I was so used to them just knowing what was going on in my life from growing up in the same household, right? You just assume this this knowledge of day-to-day life that's shared. And when that went away, when I moved abroad or when I moved away the first time, I don't think I really noticed it. And then I never built the habit of calling them regularly. And I did a really poor job of updating them about my life. I would maybe give them like the spark notes, important stuff, but wouldn't really let them in emotionally, all of this. And I I knew it was a weakness I had, but I, I, I just couldn't find a way to kind of come past it or I mean no I was making progress but I wasn't quite where I want it to be and I found that in moving abroad I was so um thrown into a land of differences that it was really clear to me like I can't just tell my parents oh I went to the grocery store because what that means for them isn't what I'm trying to express like I'm not trying to express that I ran an errand I'm trying to express I'm so exhausted because this was confusing and stressful for me. And so I would have to learn to paint the picture and say, like, here's exactly what happened. And this is why I'm in this mood, because somehow the distance was so extreme and the differences in our day to day lives were so different that I felt an increased awareness of it. And I was finally able to address it better. I'm still not great at it. My dad is like your mom. He's my number one fan, listens to all the episodes. And I'm sure he's sitting there like, (laughs) I'm sure, (laughs) I don't know, he probably has other opinions. But I think, um, well, and he and I have a hard time because um, with the time difference, our work schedules just make it really hard to talk. But generally, I have gotten better about letting them in more emotionally and letting some of my walls down. And I think I'm able to make more time out of the times that we do talk or we do see each other. All right, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, in your situation, it's even way more difficult um, because obviously it's just so far away and you can't get to see them like that often. And I think if you're giving yourself a hard time about not being good at being in touch when you first moved away, I think every single person was like that in their early 20s. Like that's, my brother is in that stage right now and my mom is always like, I wouldn't hear from him in like two weeks if I didn't call him. And I was definitely more like that as well in my early 20s. And um, yeah, I think it depends on... It depends on the person, but I do always, I do always try, or I did always try, or not try, I did always prioritize going home for important events, kind of investing the time and the money to to see them, because you can talk on the phone as much as you want, but there's nothing like actually seeing them, 
and I think it just it changes a lot but it it is very difficult to try and explain to them what you're going through and how you're settling in and I don't think I was very good in my early 20s at that either I'm way better communicating with my mom because she's actually on whatsapp and my dad is like back in the 1800s and Ah. doesn't have he has like an old Nokia phone I swear to god like he he doesn't even have yeah Ah. (laughs) I email I email I email with him (laughs) so I'm curious because that was your first or like your your big more permanent seeming move and it was to a place that was kind of really foreign to both of your cultures uh, background um and so I think it's also interesting to hear about how that like did that play a role when you were then relating to your parents and relating to your family from this kind of third party place did that impact it at all um yeah probably not that much because I was still more in Austria because my boyfriend was in Austria I I flew to Vienna once a month but it did it more so changed the dynamic between me and my dad because he was still very much like taking care of me doing a lot of things for me even though I wasn't living at home for quite some time and it also made me realize that I probably need to see my mom a bit more but it was it was great to just get out of both situations and kind of figure out for myself although it was a very very tough time like not having any family around and trying to settle in and find your way on your own and not having any friends just a job was very very tough were you able to find your way into a community in the time that you were there yeah so in the beginning I found it quite hard I was lucky to have very very friendly colleagues so I'd I at least had that, but I was finding it quite tough. Like Swedes are not the most open, um, but I found Facebook groups helped like a lot. I found one Swedish friend who was actually in Vienna last week um, through a random like Facebook group, like for personal development or something like that. And actually when I really found like my group of girlfriends and we had an absolutely amazing group in the end was I actually wrote a blog post on my personal blog about um, what it's like to move abroad, like the ups and downs. And um, I posted it in this expat group and literally three or four girls got in touch with me And they were like, oh, my God, I know exactly how you feel. I just moved. You want to meet up? And basically, I brought all of them together and we became like this group of friends. And that made life a heck of a lot easier. And I think that's one of the most important things you need to take care of when you move abroad. Because if you don't have a group to hang out with, you tend to not settle in. That took some guts, though. I could. Wow. I can imagine if you're feeling kind of lack of community typically in my experience that makes me want to put up my walls a little bit and protect myself and so that's a lot of guts to actually be like you know what no I'm not gonna put up the walls I'm actually gonna do the opposite and put myself out there and see what happens so kudos to you of a couple years ago (laughs) yeah yeah no I'm so glad I did that and in the moment I was like oh should I do this and it's always like that um but I think I have definitely learned like the more 
vulnerable you are or if you show yourself, people will resonate with that because they're going through the same thing. Do you think that you learned any life lessons or skills through that whole experience that you've used um, as you're living back in Vienna now and as you're getting to this point where, as you said earlier, you're feeling settled? Okay, um, I would never, ever, ever miss living abroad. It was, it's what shaped me to who I am today. And it's taught me a lot about what I want in my life, what I don't want. It also taught me about being more grateful for what you already have, um, because the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah, to have the gut to do something to kind of, also follow your gut like if if your gut is kind of telling you I think you should take this opportunity I think that was the right thing to do at the time it also taught me the importance of having family and friends around I think that is a beautiful note for us to end on so I'm going to transition us into our ending segment which is called zack 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 it's a rapid fire question <laughs> round. So I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. You ready? Ready. All right. What is, in your opinion, the very best thing to do on a rainy day? Sit on the sofa, put on a projector, make popcorn, and cuddle under a blanket. Of the countries that you've lived in, which one had the best fast food? Australia. You sound unconvinced. No, no, I think it was Australia. And lastly, can you give us your best self-care tip? My best self-care tip? Oh, I have so many. But the best tip is to actually not listen to that voice that's like oh you're too busy right now no take the half an hour take the hour beautiful that's actually really really good advice that's hitting uh pretty close to home right now so i'm gonna take it <laughs> into my life tonight because it's a very busy time for me and it's so easy to just be like no i don't have time for this but thank you for that reminder yeah <laughs> i literally had that today yeah. I was like, I I had back pain. I knew I was super stressed. And uh, my inner voice was like, no, you don't have time for this. You have to get to work. And I was like, no, I'm going to force myself to take the half an hour and do quick YouTube video yoga session. And afterwards, I felt like a million miles better. It's so true. It's an investment, really. All right. Yeah. So this brings us to the end of the show. Can you tell people where they can find you and your wonderful podcast? Yeah, sure. So you can follow the Quarter Life Living podcast on Instagram under at Quarter Life Living Podcast. You can also hop on over to the website, uh, quarterlifelivingpodcast.com. And yeah, if you're interested in working with me on content marketing or copywriting, uh, hop on over to sayitright.at. I would love to work together and thank you for having me on, Nicole. Thanks one more time to Olivia for coming on the show. And if you're interested in hearing the flip side of our collaboration, I'm actually going to be on her show in about a week. 
Olivia interviewed me about what my experience has been like in my 20s, and we actually spend a good amount of time talking about my life pre-move abroad and pre-expat life. And keep an eye on her social media or on mine to get links to that episode. While you're on social media, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Expat Cast, and please do hit subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And while you're at it, if you could leave us a rating and a review, that would go a long way to helping the show grow. Thanks, as always, to Gordon Eisenach and to Amy Lucky Art for the logo. Thanks to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next Thursday, we are going to be back in your feeds with probably the greatest work of art that's ever been created in the podcast sphere. It's an episode coming your way that's called Snacks and Toilets. Until then, have a great week. Tschüss.